But what we do know is that it helps you put down your defenses. And when you put down your defenses, you realize that you don't need to go down the same patterns anymore because those patterns are patterns of protection. Hey there, welcome to the Biohacker Babes podcast. We are your hosts. I'm Renee, a certified nutritional consultant with a master's degree in nutrition. What's up? And I'm Lauren, functional diagnostic nutrition practitioner and Czech movement specialist. We're sisters and we're joining forces to empower you to become your own biohacker and upgrade your life. Our mission is to provide actionable steps so you can optimize your health, strengthen your intuition, and support your body's natural healing abilities. Because life is too short to not feel your best every single day. Thank you for joining us and welcome to the show. Welcome to episode 224 of the Biohacker Babes. My name is Lauren. I'm tuning in from New York City today, joined by my co-host and sister way across the country in Las Vegas. Hello Hello. from way across the country. Hey. (laughs) Hello. I heard you. (laughs) Not through the technology that connects us. (laughs) But we are connected. We are connected. I feel I feel your energy connected through the mycelia network. And today we're talking about a topic that is so, so near and dear to my heart and important. And um, I think Renee, would you say the same? You have a an utter fascination. Oh, yeah. I just, there's always so much more to learn. I'm definitely like very fascinated, always open-minded. And I'm just like really excited to see what's going to happen in the next couple of years with all of this. Yeah. So we're talking about microdosing with Dr. Victoria in Rome, who started Mycology Psychology which is a network of therapeutic practitioners that are providing healing and integration through microdosing support. So I am a part of this network, Rome. um, I'm so grateful that she brought me into this community. And the practitioners is quite a diverse group of us, all different backgrounds and expertise. So myself and Terea, who you have all heard on this podcast, we have more of the functional nutrition medicine side, but we have opposite end of the spectrum, different types of psychologists, there are death doulas or somatic experiencing practitioners. And the idea behind this is that we've really created, well, Rome and Victoria have created this amazing network where there is just all kinds of support to hold people and support people because with microdosing and working with mushrooms specifically, there's so many nuances and so many variables, and it's unbelievably personal, the experience. And there's so much emerging research. There's been so much research in our history of time, but we're still learning every day, as Renee said, and I'm still learning. There's just always so much to explore and to question and to learn. So we're really going to get into some more subjective personal experiences today. And I think they are the women to do it. They have just created something so beautiful and their chemistry together, their alchemy together is just such a beautiful thing. And so we're really excited. I hope you enjoy this conversation. Yeah. I mean, I certainly enjoyed it. It was nice to finally meet them and get to chat with them. You're right. Their chemistry together is 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 quite powerful. And a, a takeaway, something that Rome said, kind of like, I don't really need the more, need more science in in the sake that uh, our personal experiences just can speak for themselves. Like once you've had some 
something happened, whether microdosing, macrodosing, you just can't argue the magic behind it. So if you are new to it, I would say this is a great episode for you. Definitely check out Mycology Psychology. And if you're not new to it, it's also a great episode, like so many gems in there and ways to look at this medicine, just beautiful perspectives on all of it. So Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. So if you are microdosing curious, or like Renee said, you have experience, um, we talk a lot about integration on the, in the interview. Mycology does host a monthly integration community call, which is free to the public. And really anyone is welcome, whether you're microdosing or not, whether you're completely new there, you're curious, if you need support, if you want to offer support, it really is such a beautiful like microcosm of what the mycelial network is supposed to be. And that's held the second Saturday of every month. And uh, it's a great way to to get introduced to it and to meet our family in that way. And all other resources for mycology will be in the show notes. So um, if you want to take the next step and do a call, a discovery call with one of the practitioners, again, there's like such a plethora of expertise and background. So I think there is some someone for everyone. And if you have any specific questions and need a little help navigating please reach out to us and I can steer you in the right direction. Okay. Before we drop into this beautiful conversation, I want to tell you more about these amazing women. Dr. Victoria Sturkin is a behavior analyst focused on therapeutic learning with individuals, couples, families, and organizations. Victoria graduated from Teachers College, Columbia University with a PhD in applied behavior analysis. She's a native New Yorker currently residing in the Santa Cruz mountains in California with a private practice consultancy, and is co-owner and COO of Mycology Psychology. Rome Shadenlu is a psychedelic therapist specializing in CPTSD and attachment injury. She studied holistic psychology and has a focus in psychoneuroimmunology, working to ease chronic pain rooted in the emotional life of the mind. Rome's practice includes the various modalities of internal family systems, reparenting work, quantum healing, and she is a certified death doula. If you want to read their full bios, we have dropped them below in the show notes, and we just want to get right to the magic. So let's drop in. Victoria in Rome, I am so thrilled to have you here with us today. Mm. Thank you for being here. Thanks for having us. We're really excited. And we love you. (laughs) So much. So much. I love you too. It's so nice to finally meet you, you both. Mm. Yeah. So our audience has been learning more and more about mushrooms and microdosing, but there's just so much more to explore. There's so many nuances. There's emergent research. And we were talking before we hit record, like as holistic health practitioners and biohackers, we love the science and the research. But what feels really important to us is the end of one experimentation and mm-hmm. the personal journeys that really like elucidate what this is and what it could be. Yeah. So I would love to drop into your personal invitations into this space. Like what was the call for each of you to explore mushrooms and whoever feels inspired to go take the floor. I'll, I'll go. Well, first of all, I, I want to say, Lauren, that when I found your Instagram page, the biohacking page, and then your uh, personal page, and I saw that you were already kind of talking about this, but you're also a biohacker. 
a lot of lights went off for me because there really is a relation, this mind body relationship where we try to separate and they're not separate. And I'm like, oh, this is the new wave of the helpers. It's the people that understand the biology and the psychology at the same time. And so for me, I've had a really long journey. Uh, I had like many of us, not all of us, but many of us that come to this medicine, you know, uh, a childhood with a lot of adverse events, um, you know, it turned into autoimmune disorder. I would go to doctors who would just tell me to go to psychiatrists. And I just went in circles for years and years and years. Um, And I finally found medicine. And it was a risk for me because at that time, it just was not widely accepted like it's becoming today. Um, And I did lose a lot of my support when I chose the medicine. But when I chose the medicine, I realized that I was choosing myself instead of just the validation and approval of other people. And, you know, it really did lift a lot of symptoms for me physically. And I was really surprised at how connected my physical symptoms were to my trauma. So, you know, I guess to just break it down kind of briefly, I was, it was 2015 where I I found medicine again. And I say again, because I dabbled in high school, but it's not the same. And all of the therapy that I had done, all of uh, the writing that I had done, the 12 step work that I had done, the coach, the self coaching, the being coached, all of that stuff just crystallized immediately in my body, not just cognitively in my head. And that is the separation of the head and the body. And they just kind of reunited. And I was like, oh my God, this is what's been missing. So, you know, I quit acting because that's what I was doing at the time. And Hollywood is not a very healthy place, side note. Um, And I went back to school to study holistic psychology. And, you know, I was almost at the finish line when the pandemic hit. I came back here, um, you know, and started kind of thinking about how I need a purpose. I need something to do and created Mycology Psychology website. And people came in and helped and we made, you know, blends and packaging and that. And Victoria came in and helped build it with me. And it's just been a really magical thing to see the fractal of, of our own healing going out into a community. And then I know that anyone in the community that feels that healing, it's fractaling out into their families and their friends too. So it's just a fractal of healing. Mm-hmm. Did that answer the question? Yeah, <laughs> I think so. Yeah. Thank mm-hmm. you for sharing that. I think so. Powerful. Yeah. You know, I often refer back to some of my childhood experiences as being the first kind of psychedelic awakening. I think mm-hmm. death can be very psychedelic. Yeah. I lost my mother when I was six years old. She was 36. And it put me in a place very soon in life where I felt very other, not necessarily othered, maybe in some regards, yes, because you don't fit into the norm at that point. You're not the kid with the mom at the birthday party, right? You're the kid standing alone. And so I really had to figure out a lot from a vantage point of, oh, my life isn't like my peers. And so what does that mean? What does that look like? And it started me on this journey of really investigating behavior because I had to, right? It was a forced function. I don't have that 
primary teacher, which is our mother, right, at home with me anymore. And so I had to really look around the world and find how do you behave in these regards? What do you do when this happens? How do you get dressed for certain occasions? So Mm -hmm. my eyes started to really open. And my first bout as a behaviorist, I'm a behavior analyst, was when my sister kept climbing into bed with me. She's going to hate that I'm admitting this on, on a recording, but she used to wet the bed a lot as we were, when we were young and she crawled into my bed and she was, you know, I think around 11 years old. I was the little, I'm the little sister. And she was like, I need to come sleep with you. And I said, only if you don't suck your thumb. And she was like, but I have to suck my thumb. And I said, well, stick your hands under your pillow. I'm right here. We had these games that we would play with back scratching and drawing pictures. And I was like, we'll do this till you fall asleep, but you're going to sleep with your hands like this. You don't need to do this anymore. And it worked. And I was like, oh, wow, we could change behavior. This is really powerful. And that set me on a path. I got my doctorate. And as I was in school, I met Mama Joycey, who is my fairy godmother. And she also is a psychedelic experience all into herself. Um, She thinks very outside the box. She's very ahead of her time and really was exploring other realms. And she opened up all of these portals and channels for me, where I was in this very hard science, learning about applied behavior analysis at a very prestigious institution and doing very data-driven work. Um, And when you say N of one, I was doing really single case design and researching with individuals on how do we create these changes? How do we create these changes while being completely immersed in the world of this groovy woman who is opening up my mind and my body? And also teaching me that we need time to digest what we're learning. And I would sometimes go to her home and lay on her couch and she would do body work on me. And I didn't know what that was at the time. I was like 23 years old and I'm feeling things moving around and my energy shifting. And I felt myself really having room to finally digest certain things. Cut to many years later, we're in the pandemic when Rome came into my life. And this opportunity came in front of me. And I initially said no. I felt really overwhelmed with work at the time. A lot of people were suddenly accessing therapy during COVID when, you know, I I think that consciousness started shifting because there was a mass need instead of the individual, which is also an interesting juxtaposition. But I couldn't say no. The medicine kept calling. And I kept having dreams and the mushrooms would come in the form of the ocean. And I was living very close to the beach at the time. And I one day was like, okay, I'm going to come in as a client and let's feel into this. And so I scheduled an appointment with Rome and she guided me through a microdosing experience. And all of what I learned in my experience with body work and energy work, where it was like, oh, my body is time to digest. It was like that, but my body didn't need quite as much time to digest. It happened faster, where my nervous system felt the energetics of the mushrooms. And what happens when psilocybin enters your nervous system and you feel like there's all of a sudden an expansiveness to your knowing of your internal community. And all of the things that I didn't even realize at the time were blocking certain. Uh, certain behaviors for productivity, really, where I was getting in the way of myself. 
it was so clear what was getting in the way. And then it was fun to challenge it. And then we were off to the races and we've been building this practice ever since. And it's really an honor to get to be in this role with you, Ron. I love you. I love you too. Mm. What an amazing team. You too. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Thank you so for sharing complimentary that. and magical together. Thank you. Thank you. Mm-hmm. It's true. <laughs> it's true. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> Confirmed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I love what you said about getting out of your own way. I've always said that in bio. That's why I biohack. I'm like, I got to get out of my own way. Like there's a bigger mission and purpose here. And if I'm just so stuck looping and in my own shit, like I'm not going to be able to show up for the world. And that would be sad. It would be a disservice. And we're pattern makers. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Oh yes. Talk about that. Yeah. 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 We're pattern makers and it's hard to get out of our own way because we have inherited and observed and digested so many patterns that become us, except there's also this part of our consciousness that tells us, yeah, and our nervous systems are designed to grow. So that's you, but there's also more. And if we don't find something to help direct the energy towards something else to help us, Mm -hmm. it's so difficult to get out of these patterns because they are so deeply ingrained. And because we're pattern makers, we need other patterns to observe and to step into. And so when we learn about different systems of the body and what they need, which those systems are us, we recognize, oh, I could use this thing. And all of a sudden I've changed the system, which will then change the behavior and change the way we interact with the world. Hmm. So what, what role are mushrooms playing in, in some of this? Is it the neuroplasticity in the brain? Is there more going on in the nervous system? Like what's happening there? I think the the real and truest and most honest answer is that we don't know anything yet. We know very little. Yeah. Okay. Um, what we Fair. do know <laughs> is that it helps with the default mode network, disconnecting it, that self-referential part of the brain where if I'm walking down the street, you know, and I trip in front of a bunch of people, me, Rome, with the defensiveness and the connected default mode network is going to be like, I'm such a dummy. This is who I am. Like I've just embarrassed myself in front of people. And I go into a whole story and pattern about myself. When those parts of the brain, the default mode network gets disconnected. If I fall on my face in front of people, it's almost as if it's happening to somebody else. There's a, a little bit of an observational piece that comes in where it's not so much about you and your ego. And that kind of opens you up to life a little bit more. And the thing about the pattern thing is we develop patterns because they used to work. They become patterns because in the beginning it worked, right? And so my favorite metaphor that you will probably hear on multiple podcasts is that, you know, it's like wearing a sweater in the winter and then summer comes around and that's sweater is now suffocating you when it used to save your life. What the mushrooms do, however they're doing it, and I know that it's difficult as biohackers and scientists to kind of feel into like, oh, we don't fully know what's going on. But what we do know is that it helps you put down your defenses. 
And when you put down your defenses, you realize that you don't need to go down the same patterns anymore because those patterns are patterns of protection. Yeah. Hmm. And, you know, research is bringing us into closer connection to some of the neurochemical transitions that are happening when we consume these magical little beings. You know, like Rome said, the default mode network, it unhooks from itself. And there's this charge of energy going through your brain where you get to access neural pathways, the baby neurons, right, that we can start to create new patterns with. We know that not only is it affecting the serotonin receptor sites, but it's actually affecting the site itself. It's going into Mm -hmm. the site. It's not just staying in the reactive space, right, that serotonin actually stays in. It's going in and and we don't know what that means yet, right? There's all these assumptions and trying to make extrapolations based on the data of what that might mean. But it's true. We don't know yet. And we certainly don't know what microdosing does yet. I mean, we could say observationally what we're seeing with so many people who are our clients who are giving us a ton of data and a ton of reference points to feel into. And we are also our own clients, right? to feel into what is happening here, but it's so hard to study. It's so hard to measure. And, you know, Dr. Roland Griffiths, who just died, you know, his whole thing was really take in the mystery. The mystery is the magic. It could start kicking off science, but staying in that unknown, which we have such difficulty staying in the unknown. We want to attach to something and land on something. It helps us to feel safe. This practice of working with the mushrooms is helping us prepare for the unknown. It's helping us stay in that place of could be this, could be this, could let's play, let's experiment, let's figure it out, let's see what happens. And that to me is some of the most powerful, powerful parts of working with this medicine is being able to handle the mystery that is life. Because that's what keeps us stuck. It's the fear around it. Yeah. Mm. And I would argue even, not argue, but I would bring in that we have thousands of years worth of research, but I also feel that it is important to do this current modern research to make people feel safe to kind of step into this modality. You know, I personally don't, of course, I'm already sold. You know, it's, it's very obvious that I don't, need to wait to my satisfaction of this is enough research now. I've had an experiential spiritual awakening with these medicines that have vastly improved my life and given me a purpose and given me life and helped me connect to other people and be honest with myself in a way that I wasn't capable of before. But having said that, we have done some research at Mycology Psychology. We did a uh, microdosing menopausal study. Uh, with Connor Murray at Synotics and Dr. Mindy Peltz. And what we have found is that lion's mane with the microdosing yields better results. It's more, it's more effective. Hmm. And effective in what way? Like relieving symptoms of menopause yes. or? Uh, relieving well- symptoms. Well, they're menopausal and postmenopausal women, so they don't have that neurochemical armor. Um, yeah. Yes, relieving the symptoms of of menopause and being postmenopausal, but I think that can translate into so many things. But I can't. We have to have the research before we can one hundred percent claim anything. 
Yeah. We found that there was a decrease in anxiety and there was also a very big change in mental fatigue that um, a lot of these women were reporting feeling. Um, So it helped re-energize and give more resilience. Amazing. Oh, yeah. So exciting. Our, so our audience is very familiar with Dr. Pell. So I'm sure like a lot of ears just perked mm. up. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's like such a crucial like chunk of the population, women going through that hormonal transition. I just had a client yes. this morning. She's 65 and she's like, you changed my life. And pe- women mm. in this age block need this so yeah. desperately. Oh my God. It, yeah. You see, so desperately. We're about to go to that space. So we're trying to prepare. Yeah. <laughs> we're headed there. Yeah. So. This is selfish. Very it's important. okay. We're prepared. Yeah. We're prepared. Yeah. Okay. yeah. But I, you know, I think people have to feel it. A lot of people really have to be convinced and coaxed and this, I come up against this all the time in coaching where people are like, show me the research or even myself in trying to explain things. I'm like, oh, an NIH and PubMed. And when I get stuck, I close my eyes and I go, what did our ancestors do? Mm. And looking at mushrooms in nature just makes a lot of sense to me. Yeah, I would love for you if, if you're willing to, to talk about mushrooms purpose on the planet, oh maybe God. how that could relate mm-hmm. to our human experience. Just the psilocybin or mushrooms in general? Wherever you want to go with that. Well, there's mushrooms that apparently can now have, oh, we've discovered mushrooms that can eat through plastic. We can make mushroom suits for the deceased and have the mushrooms kind of decompose them into the earth. They are our recyclers. They are our um, recyclers, our assistants, our friends, our family. There's a mushroom almost, it seems like, for everything. We have you know, Amanita muscaria that exclusively grows in the forest. You cannot grow it in a home. You have to harvest it. This mushroom works on the GABA receptors and it can decrease anxiety and help with sleep and addiction. We have the psilocybin mushroom, which, you know, it's an adaptogen. So it's going to do whatever you need it to do. For some people, it's, oh my God, I'm in a better mood now. For other people, it's, oh my God, I had no idea. It was so angry. For other people is, I didn't know I was so sad and I never got to grieve this thing. It gives you what you need. Um, I think mushrooms ultimately are here to connect us, to help us communicate. And they demonstrate that metaphorically through the mycelium network. Mm-hmm. They're here to, I like to say mushrooms are the universe's way of apologizing for some stuff. <laughs> it's kind of like, here you go. I know that you know, existence on earth can be challenging and it can be hard and death is real. And then we get to grieve and, you know, go through all these challenges, but offering some assistance, offering us assistance. They're keys that grow out of the ground that can unlock the potential of our brains and our souls and our bodies. Beautifully. Yeah. I, uh, from the outsider perspective, I have to say, I think of the TV show last of us, when I hear the words mycelium network, I think of that show just in the sense of like how it was all like connected underground. Mm-hmm. I just think like the average person can compare that, and that, I, it's magical the network. Yeah, yeah. anyone yeah. standing on mycelium, it's yeah. everywhere, and it's almost like the trees use the mycelium to, you know, share nutrients and communicate and share water, even so. 
you know, it's like mycology psychology is like a mycelium network and that our practitioners share information and share nutrients with each other and then share it with their clients. So we're really trying to mimic nature with our container. So cool. And I know your practitioners, Lauren was telling me it's a pretty like wide range of backgrounds. Yeah. Yeah. We curated that on purpose. Um, because it is so important to give people access to different types of modalities for healing. And one person may need to work with Lauren and understand the functional components of some of the symptoms that are coming up in their bodies and and how to help in that way while working with a spiritual psychologist who is trained to deal with more of the psycho-spiritual part of our lives while maybe working with the somatic experiencing practitioner who can help make different sense of sensations. You know, where we're coming out of, I mean, I hope we're coming out of an age where the old paradigm of psychology, which was a very, you know, like all of our paradigms, white male driven um, way of looking at, it, it wasn't even for the purpose of healing necessarily. Um, psychology, you know, was born both from a government and a, uh, what's the word military, uh, need, right. Um, but also, you know, they were trying to understand psychology. They weren't trying to necessarily help the client. Now that ended up happening from time to time, but we're now coming into an age where we understand the mind-body connection and where thought patterns and emotional patterns are very deeply rooted in the physical as well. Plus the history of where that came from is important and epigenetic factors are important and the way we interpret things is important. So all of these different modalities are coming to the surface where it's my hope that we're entering an age of more access to true healing, which is not just this masturbatory talk therapy that people have really gotten stuck in. I think it's great. I think it's wonderful. I I'm a therapist. I use that tool among other tools, but we have to recognize when we're just cycling through thoughts and stories and not changing them. And I think that it's important to give people access to all of these different modalities because everyone's going to have a different, like Rome said, key lock and key a different linchpin that helps to facilitate that change. It's not always through cognitive uh, and psychological conversation. Well said. I feel like a multi-pronged approach is really important for many people, you know, because your body affects your mind, your mind affects your body. And especially if you have more of a challenge with your health or moving through the world or trauma and you feel stuck, it helps to have multiple people helping you with different parts of yourself. And these people specializes, they specialize in those parts so that you know that you're really getting all the care and attention that you need and, you know, not being dismissed on one end or the other end that you just are really held and protected, you know, by a community of people or by a team. And I know, you know, like if your gut is off, it can cause a lot of anxiety, right? But if you have a lot of anxiety, it's going to throw off your gut. (laughs) So for someone, (laughs) it cycles, you know, and through the wonderful vagus nerve. So, you know, Mm -hmm. having someone like yourself 
or Terea, like helping me with like my gut health while doing some somatic stuff with Tiffany and having some talk therapy with Victoria. Oh my God. It's just the idea of being so held and informed by people that you trust in that in and of itself is the healing because when we feel super alone and isolated, it's easy to go in that victim mentality, you know, and then we kind of get stuck in that pattern, even though it, it has its own purpose. And just to have people reflect you back to you and be like, I can help you with this piece, or I understand what you're going through. That is what I was looking for my entire life. Mm-hmm. And that is what's manifested through this. So it's really beautiful. Mm. Oh, Yeah. Hey, biohackers, are you feeling overwhelmed this holiday season? We totally get it. November and December's demands like end of year tasks, holiday preparations, gift shopping, family get togethers. It can really be a relentless source of stress, although so much fun at the same time. Well, you can breathe easy because Stress Guardian is here to help you. It's the latest scientific breakthrough from Bioptimizers, the geniuses behind Magnesium Breakthrough. And it's packed with a blend of 14 adaptogenic herbs that help to regulate your stress response naturally, granting you control over your holiday stress. Think resilience here. So with daily use, Stress Guardian becomes your personal shield against seasonal tension, enhancing both your mental and physical well-being. So say goodbye to just surviving this holiday season. Thrive instead. To get a head start on your holiday stress, visit stressguardian.com slash biohackerbabes and make sure you use promo code biohackerbabes10 at checkout to get 10% off your order. And Bioptimizers is so confident in their products that they offer a risk-free 365-day money-back guarantee. So go ahead, discover the secret to peace on earth this holiday season. We have a beautiful integration community call once a month. I would love for you you. to talk about that because integration is the buzzword, but what does that really mean? And why is it important to be done in community? Mm. It's, it's, it's the antithesis of that traditional talk therapy, right? Where we're stuck in our own story. Rome, when you were just saying that we, we need to have these multiple modalities to work with. Sometimes those multiple modalities are the multiple stories and experiences of the people that we get to be in connection with our community. And the mushrooms also teach us that they exist in community, you know, and much of nature, all of nature, we are nature. We're supposed to exist in community. It's so important to our health and we're very isolated, right? The surgeon general, that's what he said. The biggest issue on in our country is right now it's isolation and loneliness. And these community calls are an opportunity for us to both explore some kind of teaching, somatic exercise, the kind of meditation, it gets the ball rolling, but really it gets us into a different energetic state so that we are more in connection with ourselves to be ready to share something with one another. And I know I learn from hearing other people's stories. And I watch as the community starts to speak up and help each other. There's something so powerful about accessing our inner teacher. And I think every single one of us has an inner teacher. When we teach, it puts whatever we're teaching deeper into our consciousness. And we digest it further. 
And so the empowerment that people feel from being in the teacher role and getting to share their stories and hearing someone else resonate with that story Mm -hmm. and saying, oh my God, I feel that too. Or that is not how I feel. Oh, people feel that way. Oh, oh, all of a sudden there's an opening to possibility of what life could feel like, even if it's different pain points coming up, it unhooks us from that one narrative that we're going with. And I think it's the most important part of our healing is to be in connection with one another. Integration is all about, it's another word for learning, really. Um, But it's a connective word. It means that we're weaving different parts within one another. It is the word that describes the collaborative process that we should be in, in a healthy nervous system. Oftentimes, in fear states, in constriction, one part takes over and shuts down many other parts of ourselves. And it's almost like we forgot those parts exist. We can't access them in those moments. And then we have to pause and look, oh, there's something happening that's putting me into this constriction. What's going on here? And other parts start to emerge because the emotional system's going to take over. It acts the fastest it's supposed to. Then other parts of thinking and cognition and clarity come in in time and have conversations with those other parts. It's a lot of what parts work is about, right? But this is really happening on a neurobiological level that these parts start having a chance to form connections. And when we're in deeper connection and when we are in collaboration, we're feeling more flow and expansive with ourselves and the environment again. Constriction, that tightness in that one modality that's trying to take over, it really is the isolator right? That's what keeps us feeling disconnected from ourselves and each other. So integration is really about learning and connection. Yeah. Mm. I feel like microdosing is like clay, right? But you have to be the sculptor and getting yourself, you know, uh, some integration journaling. Because look, I understand also that it's a privilege, to be able to have a team. It's a privilege to be able to pay for sessions. It's a it's a privilege and not everybody has that privilege. So that takes me to the community call. The community call is a economical way. It's donation-based to show up um, and be in community with other people who are microdosing or microdosing curious. And that you can you can have a sense of, you know, play and and sculpting your your new neural pathways while on this medicine because you're reflecting to people they're reflecting to you your nervous system can feel like it's in community and you don't feel alone and we watch and we learn each other we learn best from modeling and when we're microdosing we have so much brain plasticity that it's it's really important to be around other people that are they say you're made up of the five people that you hang out with the most it's extra important when you're microdosing who you're hanging out with, who you're talking to, what you're saying to yourself, what you're thinking, and the mushrooms will assist you in being kinder to yourself, but you have to take it the rest of the way. You have to also, they'll also assist you in saying, Oh, those two people and the five people. Uh, uh-uh. uh. Right. Exactly. <laughs> like, no. Oh, there's been some divorces. <laughs> there have been some divorces through microdosing, yeah. but it's actually a blessing, you know, because, you know, uh, Gabor Mate says, would you rather be illusioned or disillusioned? And I think that disillusionment is freedom because you're like, okay, this doesn't resonate with me anymore. I don't want to lie to myself anymore. 
I'm in touch with myself enough to know what the truth is. And I can't live a lie anymore. And that can be really scary leap for a lot of people to take. But once you've taken it, you're free Mm. until the next thing pops up. (laughs) (laughs) The, um, the people you're around, that's so interesting what you just said, I just had an experience a couple of weeks ago where uh, four days in a row, I was with the same small group of people, all very connected, similar mindset, mm-hmm. all about increasing consciousness. The idea behind meeting up was to support humanity overall. It's just a great group mm-hmm. of people. Um, but the third night, the venue decided to open it up to the public. And we didn't know that was going to happen. And some of my friends and I, we were on a, some mushrooms and we all looked at each other and we're like, I feel a dark energy. Mm. We we all said the same thing, like same words. And I don't know, maybe dark energy sounds woo-woo to some people, but these other people yes. that came in, we were all so sensitive. We were like, we have to go home. Yeah, Our, our bodies like didn't want to be around that energy yeah. versus I'm sure in a normal night, maybe you would just be like, oh, these people are annoying or something and you wouldn't think much more but we could feel it in our bodies how different it was yeah the mushrooms try to tell you things that are for your own good and then sometimes people get mad at that information you know i've never raised a teenager obviously but it's almost like you tell the teenager don't do this don't do this and like i know what i'm doing (laughs) let the mushrooms tell you what to do (laughs) because (laughs) they keep you present and presence is protection And what you just said, Renee, is so powerful because you just described how often we ignore a very subtle impulse of, oh, they're kind of annoying. And we push it aside and just keep on keeping on when there's mushrooms in your nervous system. And when there are many different kinds of psychedelics in your nervous system, you could have the same response of, no, my body says no. Yeah. It's very clear. And it's almost like, oh, I have to remove myself. There's no choice. Like, this is the way to do it. And if we think about that constantly, most people are ignoring subtle cues to the point where they can't access subtle anymore. And that's a problem. To the point where they lose their intuition. Because how often do we talk ourselves out of a knowing? You meet someone, they rub you the wrong way. And then you're like, no, it's my own issue, yada, yada, yada. And then six months later, you were like, I was right about person. The mushroom didn't save you yeah. six months. But I don't yeah. want to make it sound like mushrooms just get you away from people. They <laughs> towards the right people. <laughs> you're not yeah. permit, you know, but, you know, it's just also you know, in, in the Western medical model, it's not, it, they don't teach you how to trust your own intuition. Again, I've been through this personally. I remember crying in a doctor's office saying, I don't feel right. I'm telling you there's something wrong. And they're like, just go see a psychiatrist or, you know, have you tried smiling more or what, whatever the gaslighting, the medical gaslighting. The reason why mushrooms are so healing is because they get you in touch with your own intuition and your own intuition is empowering and empowerment heals because you have agency. So that's why we work the way we do with clients. We're not, you know, up here, they're down here, they're just the patient and and we're the provider and we're just telling them what to do. It's a co-piloting situation where we want people to find their own empowerment and ultimately to not need us. 
until they need us again. The door doesn't close, but it's just the point is, is that this is supposed to be a tool to use and not something to lean on for the rest of your life every single day, because it's not a Mm band-aid. Yeah. Look, Renee, and I say that all the time in coaching and we always laugh like we're terrible business women because we're teaching you to not need us. But really, that's how all coaching should be, right? Empowering and educating. Well, and then there's a need to change the way we do business. Because if we're doing business just to steal from people and hook them in, what are we fucking doing? Yep. I don't think the mushrooms would like that. No, Mm-mm. no, <laughs> Lauren, no. no, I don't think they would look that. <laughs> no, that's very clear. And you're right. No. The clarity, it's just, it's so clear. And I've had so many subtle little cues like that. Like my aversion to multitasking while microdosing. It's just like, oh my gosh, how could I possibly like be on my phone and eating and watching something yes. at the same time? It's like, yeah. no, no. Yeah. Or trusting that intuition, like say I'm going on a walk and it's like, I have to hit this particular um, distance or number of steps. And on the microdose, it's like, nope, this is where I finish. And Mm. it feels really good to not have that inner conflict. And that's just one of like a million little cues that I've had. Yeah. Even when wearing an aura ring. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Because we could talk about that. (laughs) Well, it's data. It is data. You know, mm-hmm. and it's important data. But at the same time, sometimes I look at the data and I go, I don't really feel that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and that's self trust. I'm like, I'm sorry. I know you're saying my heart rate variability is this, but I'm way more stressed out than that, or vice versa. I'm like, oh, I don't feel as bad as this thing. But it's data. It's, it's, it's just information, right? I actually love this in conjunction with mushrooms because it's like kind of that middle ground of, of data and intuition that I get to play with. Um, I think materialist science is important, but it's also very limited. Yeah. Well, it actually has to one be of a two way street, right? Like we right. use it to highlight blind spots, but you right. always have to circle back to exactly intuition. But exactly. some people don't know that some people yeah. don't read data like that. Well, because we're looking for something on the outside to trust, to organize us and to make us feel safe. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it's data. Sometimes it's a parent. Sometimes it's Mm a, you know, work position or whatever, right? Sometimes it's a magazine quiz, right? (laughs) Or now we don't do that anymore. I just dated myself, (laughs) but, you know, right? (laughs) We're looking for something on the outside to lean on, even if it's data about around your own body, right? We're we're constantly looking for something to direct us. And if we can find that multi-pronged approach where there's many different parts of ourselves and many different parts of our lives feeding us information that we then integrate and find choice with, it's a whole other ballgame. Yeah. I've had something come into my awareness a couple times over the last few weeks. And so I've been clinging on to that, that the universe is showing me that. And Mm -hmm. I said this to Lauren when we were together and I don't remember your exact words, but it was something like that has been there all along. Mm -hmm. You're just finally ready to see it. Mm -hmm. It's like, "Mm, yeah. The readiness. Yeah. I think, but I think overall my point with mushrooms increasing the awareness yeah. And and we don't get with microdosing, you typically should not 
adapt and don't get pushed into areas where your body is not ready or your mind is not ready for it. Right. And that's, that's the beautiful thing about microdosing. It'll whisper to you. It can become a very annoying whisper, (laughs) you know, but it's just inviting you to be like, Hey, listen to what I'm saying. And sometimes we get information where our body and our mind can handle it, but we're not ready to act on it. Right. And in those moments, if you are truly honest with yourself and you're like, the mushrooms are telling me to leave this relationship or leave this job, but it's not financially possible, for example, right? Sometimes the invitation is just to pause, pause the microdosing because there's nothing you can do about it. And it's just going to whisper at you all day long, but don't forget what it said. Don't forget what it said and wait until you have readiness, 360 degree readiness, mind, body, and physical action that you can continue to explore what the messages of the mushrooms are. So there's no hard, fast rule for anything. And that's kind of what makes this space a little complicated, but also so Mm. magical is that every single person and every situation is different. And the answer isn't always just microdose, 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 microdose. But a lot of the times it is, I mean, at least with (laughs) the population we've been working with, you know, uh, I'll just say this. I, I haven't seen this, high of a success rate with anything else in that I've experienced in my life, which is why we're doing this work. Across so many different types of nervous systems. Yeah. It's very flexible medicine. It is very flexible medicine. It'll give you what you need. What about macro dosing? You said micro dosing is like this whisper in your ear. Is macro like a a scream at you? Like what's happening when we do a macro dose? <laughs> I mean, what may I ask what dose you took at that uh, event on the um, day when the public came in? Yeah, it was like one, around one gram. Okay. So that's normal talking voice level. Yeah. And uh, and I, I find that I'm very sensitive to psychedelics. I know everyone's different. Like yeah, um, you're one to your husband's three, perhaps. Mm-hmm. Yes. Another, yeah, like- another way everybody is different. Another way everyone's different. Yeah. And I think the answer to the question is it depends on the person. You know, someone can come in fully ready, fully ready. And, you know, the decibels will be at a certain level for them. And some people will come in really, really closed off and the decibels will be different for them. What I actually see is the people that are really not feeling like they can surrender in a macrodose, the mushrooms actually, I see them getting louder and I see the person kind of going like this as much as they can, you know? So I guess the whisper or the shout or everything in between depends on how tuned in you're, you're able to be into what it's saying. You know, if you're in a situation where you don't want to do something about it, it's going to feel like a whisper, like a little poke, which is what intuition feels like. Intuition's not loud. Intuition is just kind of like lower and quiet and like whisper. And then you're like, what? I thought I heard something. No, no. I'll so, listen to you later. I'll listen to you later, maybe. <laughs> or until I have to listen to you, until I'm forced to listen to you. You know, so it, I, I wish I had a more concrete answer for that. that different doses, different people, different sets, different settings, different experiences. Some people do better with microdosing. Some people need a macrodose. And some people need that bigger dose to allow for such a hardwired protective system 
to start to dismantle a little bit. Um, Sometimes you get there more fully. Sometimes it's just a little bit. But I think almost always, and Rome, you correct me if I'm wrong here, but I think almost always on the back end of a journey, there is more access to subtle. You know, you start to hear more of the whispers. Even after a big macrodose experience, your body has been opened up a little bit more to sensitivity, which I think is a very important piece to learning how to feel empowered in this world, learning how to listen to yourself, learning how to listen to those subtle cues we typically ignore when we're like, eh, those people are annoying, but that's okay. I'll stay at this dinner. Yeah. 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 And I agree with you. There's no, there's no correction needed. That's absolutely true. I don't think you walk away from macro journeys gaining nothing, you know, even if it was a really challenging journey, even if you fought it, you get to watch how you fight. That's the information. It's not like, why am I fighting? It's no, observe that you're fighting and see that this is a pattern that you have, you know? So there's always information if you know how to access it, you know, there's an interpretation to this medicine. Yeah. And that's why a facilitator is so important. Mm -hmm. They can help you get into the observation and the interpretation. Yeah. 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 Some guidance. Instead of buying the metaphor. Say that again. Instead of buying the metaphor, because mushrooms can be very metaphorical. And sometimes people, if you don't have guidance or if you don't, you know, um, have experience working with medicine, you may take some of those things as literal. For example, when I first started sitting with medicine, it told me to sue someone. Uh, and it took me months to figure out that it was just telling me I'm really angry and I feel like this person took something from me. Not necessarily mm-hmm. that I have to go get a lawyer and sue them, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, there is like some interpret interpretation. We're interpreters. Facilitators can help you interpret, but our explanation doesn't supersede your explanation and your experience. They're just suggestions. Like, do you think it could be this? Do you think it could be that? Let's just observe this thing that's happening. And I will say, if you are looking for a facilitator for a macrodose, I want to point out some red flags to look for. I think it could be really valuable to the audience. Make sure they offer prep calls. Make sure they offer integration calls. Make sure that they don't try to tell you what to think, what to feel, how to be. And during the journey, not inserting their own ego. And well, by the time you're in the journey, it's too late, but something to look for when you're in the journey is somebody that's not just talking at you the whole time. It's not talk therapy. And there's a moment to be quiet, to let the person get into like a dialogue with the medicine itself. And you're just there holding the space. And that's all you have to do, but it's so hard for, for people to do nothing. (laughs) It's a very specific skill to just say something once in a while, say something once in a while, but just let them have their experience. Well, energetically holding a container. Yeah. And microdosing can be an amazing way to integrate a macrodosing journey. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not right away. I agree. I agree. You know, you want to integrate the macro, but at a certain point, it's like catching a wave. It's like, okay, so you're starting to land again. So now microdosing can keep you going on this level to continue to open up the gifts, keep you open, keep you open, journal, talking to people, being in community. Okay. So now we are expanding upon this original journey and keeping it going. 
and um, it's almost like a grounding or a sense memory it's like because mm-hmm. you can easily get away like, yeah actively it's, integrating. it's like how do I drop back into that yeah and that yeah. in tandem with the music you were listening to in journey is really wonderful because it'll yeah. really take you back there yeah and I think for a lot of our clients particularly we get a lot of people have who have had zero experience with medicine right And so it creates a really uh, safe container for people to start to get into that sense, that sensation that comes about when you're ingesting entheogens. By the way, that's my favorite thing is when people come to us who have never microdosed before and people who have never macrodosed before, just it's like watching something again for the first time. It's like a baby, a toddler. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and you're like you feel the joy through them. Like yeah. yes, you feel better. Yes, you made these decisions you were terrified to make three weeks ago. Yes, you're making changes. Microdosing and macrodosing ultimately comes down to making new choices. What am I going to do different now? Because if you're doing same thing over and over again in the same environment and nothing has changed, well, then the integration may not take as much. You know, it's about making new choices. Yeah, I just my had a client, conversation. Had, oh, sorry, you go. I'll I'll share my story after you. I know we're, we're both so like, excited. Oh, you like bulbs <laughs> with what you just said. I know my client yeah. that I mentioned before that I, I spoke to just this morning, which is why it's top of mind. Sixty five, and she's just glowing, vibrant. This has changed her life, and she was like, "I went on a date. No, and I never would have done that before. I never would have done that because her energy oh. wasn't good, her sleep wasn't good, mm-hmm. her mood wasn't good. She wasn't motivated and." seems like such a simple thing to schedule a date. And she's yeah. like, I did this wow. thing. It allowed me wow. to get out of my own way and go do this thing with, you know, mm, wow. less expectations and just let me just be present and experience that. Wow. Choices. I hope she has the best time on this date. Did she already go? She already went. She's so happy. I hope she had the best time oh, on this date. Oh my did. gosh. Amazing. Yeah. How much do we deprive ourselves from life experiences because we are so frozen and worried and afraid and have mm-hmm. so much self doubt and you know um, we're I in a time for so long. Now. Yeah, it's a time machine. When we're scared, we're scared because something has happened before. So and especially with these older women, yeah. I think it's so wild to be able to see this opening up of life. Because for so many women in that age bracket, that choice was taken away maybe very early on if they had kids very early on or had to get married very early on. If there were certain expectations set with this is what life is supposed to look like. So many women that I've worked with who are 50 and above all of a sudden feel like, oh, I get to have a whole other set of chapters here. And there's all of this choice that I have, and there's all this empowerment, and a lot of the expectations go away, partly because society, you know, deems women at that age done, right? So no one's looking at them anymore. And so there is more freedom to do what they want to do. It's really powerful. And add in the microdosing, and you have that support and that energy. It's it's a really powerful time for, I think, women Mm -hmm. particularly- to step into this medicine. Mm-hmm. Can we name yeah. some things microdosing has been helpful with that we've seen? That would be great. Yes. Okay. Yeah. I'll name some, Victoria, you name some, if I miss any, it can be helpful with OCD. 
-hmm. It can be helpful with autism big time. I've seen that a lot. Obviously the classics, depression, anxiety. (laughs) Um, Did I say OCD? Yeah. Mm -hmm. OCD, autism, depression, anxiety, focus. I didn't microdose today. ADD. You know, dropping your guards, connecting with people. Um, What are some other things, Victoria, that are missing? Well, they're going to help you change patterns, right? And so all of these diagnoses that we carry all become very malleable. Yeah. All of them become Mm -hmm. very malleable. A lot of diagnosis can also create an addiction to the diagnosis. Yes. And I think an overarching helper that mushrooms bring in is helping with addictive patterns, right? So whether that's an addiction to a substance that is really toxifying the body and your life, or it's an addiction to an emotional pattern that's keeping you safe, right? I think an overarching thing we could say is mushrooms really help that flexibility come in so that new patterns can come in. And any diagnosis that we carry OCD, depression, anxiety, you know, the personality disorders that we see even can create a little malleability there, which is a, a much heavier lift when you have something that's more uh, pervasive in your nervous system controlling your life. There is opportunity here to create some change. That's well said. Yeah. yeah. I would add to that the creative orientation. Absolutely. Athletic. Like we're just so conditioned mm-hmm. to live in this binary world where it's like there's mm-hmm. only one way forward. And and psychedelics, I think, offer all these different opportunities. And we are creative beings yeah. naturally. And that was yeah, that was a big edge for me and a big reason for exploring psychedelics is that my creativity I thought just was taken away from me. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, the mushrooms actually here as of lately have been calling in the importance of the role of creator, that humans are creators. All of us are creators and we have a need to create and that gets shut down all Mm -hmm. over the place because of many different things. Right. Mm -hmm. But I think that the flow and the energy and the possibility that comes in Creativity can look like a project that we're working on, but also the creativity in responding to someone in your life differently, right? There's the creates the creative patterns can really emerge in many different ways. Yeah, it doesn't um, have to be emotion. art, right? Right. No, yeah, right. You can live Response. a creative life. Mm-hmm. You can live a creative right. life. You can live a spontaneous life. You know, you can you can live a poetic life. Even yeah. with all the responsibilities we have, there are moments of we can microdose living poetically. Yeah. And I think, Lauren, when you mentioned the binaries that a lot of us have been siphoned into, mushrooms open up so many different shades of gray and so many different colors of the spectrum that there is more creativity because we're able to see more choices that sometimes are very subtle and overshadowed by the binaries. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think that there's so much help that we can get from feeling into the subtlety, feeling into the shades of gray, feeling into, I always bring in this sense of looking at things on a dimmer instead of an on off switch, Mm -hmm. which Mm -hmm. 
fairy godmother, Mama Joycey, brought that in. She used to literally make me adjust the lighting in the room before every session I had with her. You know, it was a really important thing to feel into what's the lighting like today? Where does it feel comfortable in this moment? It's not Mm -hmm. just on or off that we have to train our bodies to find the middle grounds, even the portions that we eat, right? What's a little bit of this or do we want a little bit more of this? The flavors that we add in cooking can be another way that we're creatively living day to day where you start to play with what are the different ingredients that could shift something just a little bit, just a little bit. And all of a sudden it feels more in alignment with our truth. Mm-hmm. And I think that's ultimately what this medicine does. It puts us into deeper alignment with our truth and oh, a curious, playful investigation of figuring out what that truth is. And it changes from time to time. All the time. Yeah. Um, Renee, did you want to share? Yeah, to circle back. And I think this is an important thing to talk about before we wrap up today is I was talking to a friend the other day and she said, oh, I've been microdosing and I haven't noticed anything. And (laughs) I said, well, have you like made any changes in your life? Are you like working on anything new? Are you going to therapy? She was like, well, no, I haven't done any of that. So my first thought was, and I'm not a coach in the space. I'm like, I don't know what she was expecting to feel different since she hasn't done anything different. So what would your advice be to someone like that? Like, do they hire a coach? Do they pick a health goal to actually focus on? Like we're, because she has the mushrooms. She got that part. (laughs) Not a magic pill. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. As soon as you said, she said she's not feeling anything. My first question was, is she working with someone? Because Victoria and I have both experienced clients being like, I don't feel anything. And 15 or 20 minutes into the conversation, they tell you that they pulled over on the side of the road and started crying about something that happened when they were a kid, but they're not feeling anything. So it's important to A, manage expectations. You're not going to get high. You're not going to hallucinate. You're not really supposed to feel anything other than more connected to yourself and more connected to your true feelings and just kind of a subtle shift in your nervous system where either it's letting you know this is not okay or it's letting you know relax things are actually fine so when you're w- working with a coach they can help you manage expectations so when i had this one particular client i'm thinking of we spend 10 minutes she's telling me i don't feel anything da, 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 and i'm just listening to her talk and i'm not even saying anything and 10 15 minutes in she starts it very it's just like flipping. Oh yeah. And I pulled over and I started crying because my sister was mean to me when I was a kid. And I'm like, wait a minute, Mm -hmm. is that something that has happened before? No. And I'm like, well, this is the medicine working. Things are coming up to be looked at and felt, you know, we're so, our own feelings have become so foreign to us that we don't even know how to recognize them anymore. And that's why, you know, integration with someone can be really helpful because your eyes are on your face. You can't see your own face all the time and you're learning to see. And it's almost like someone teaching you how to swim or teaching you how to ride a bike. Yeah. You have you and you have the bike and you have the water, but it's always really helpful to have someone model for you and show you. And after that, you learn your own language and you're off to the races. You will know what your feelings mean after that. You know, again, you're not dependent on someone for the rest of your life to understand yourself. Yeah. And there's two things I would also add to that. One is because we are not conditioned to see and feel subtle, sometimes 
the absence of something painful doesn't feel like anything. So I was thinking I had a client who started microdosing because she had really high anxiety and she wanted help with her anxiety. And she came in and said, I'm not feeling anything. And we started talking and I started asking her some questions about how certain parts of her life have been feeling and what she's been experiencing here and there. And what we realized really quickly was she's not feeling anxiety, but she didn't notice because typically what we notice is the pain. And so when the pain is removed, it's like, I'm not feeling anything. Well, (laughs) you you are actually, but your, your awareness isn't there. And that brings me to the second point, which is we always ask people to work with an intention, right? Set an intention. And oftentimes the intention will change as you start microdosing because the medicine will bring up something that you need to look at before you look at that other thing, right? Or something Mm -hmm. that's getting in the way of the thing that is your intention, right? So the intention can change as you move through. But what intention does is it creates a pathway of curious inquiry. If you're holding an intention, you're investigating something. So the investigator starts coming in big time and you start really looking at your behavior and your life and your day to day, instead of just taking something and keeping on keeping on, you take something holding the intention at heart into elevated emotion and bring it really into consciousness very deeply. And then you start working with that intention throughout the day. And that allows you to start noticing things. But we have to have that first moment to set off the spark of that curiosity to investigate your life because life isn't just going to change we are the change makers we are the creators we have to actively be in participation with that process so intention is super important for that reason but let's be flexible with it i want to add something really important there are some people who are on antidepressants who you know genetically they just cannot feel the medicine uh, sometimes a higher dose for that type of person can be helpful, sometimes not. So again, I, we don't want to say across the board that it's that you're just not noticing, <laughs> you know, yeah. sometimes sometimes it's just not happening and you may need a, you know, a switch in your dosage to go to a higher dose. And there's so many variables involved in that. There, what type so of trauma many. do you have? So what personal. medications are you on? What are, what are your genetics like? You know, it, it is so personal. So any question you ask us, we're going to have 50 different answers all across Mm -hmm. the spectrum, because that is what like holistic really is. It's taking everything into consideration. Even the time of day that you're taking your microdose matters, right? Mm -hmm. And it's different for different people when the most potent time would be. So, you know, it's dose, it's time of day, it's what are you doing at that time of day, it's what are you calling into mind at that time of day, are you working with someone to reflect you back to yourself? Are you journaling? Are you doing anything with your body, yoga, breathwork, meditation to get you more somatically connected? There's so many different things that we suggest, including going into nature and finding more opportunities to connect with life um, that will help bring on the potency of the medicine. Yeah. Hmm. And I would add another variable. And this is what I love so much about mycology is the offerings of different blends and strains. Cause I've had so mm-hmm. many people come to me and they say, I don't know what I took. I don't know how much I took and it didn't yeah. work for me. Yeah. And if mushrooms hold a consciousness, we could very actively choose what experience we're going to interplay with and show up to 
And just as an example, if I were to pick a strain that keeps me in flow, I'm already very watery and in flow. You yeah. know, it could just be yeah, yeah, yeah. same, even with mm-hmm. the best of work and showing up. Mm-hmm. And so in this network of practitioners and having this access, we can really be specific about yeah. the journey. Yeah. Yeah. If Thank you, you for bringing more about that, that up. Thank you. Yeah, for well said, that. Lauren. That's really important. I actually just had a phone call with someone this morning about this very thing. You know, she calls the expansive strain expanse. She's like, when I took expanse, <laughs> she's like, I felt really jittery. And so, you know, I'm like, okay, we can do one of two things. We can sit with this jittery thing. But from what I know about this client, it felt like it could be beneficial to try a different strain because what she was really looking for was to feel peace in her body. Um, And there was nothing happening on the outside to indicate otherwise. So what we've seen is really strains do matter. That's what we've seen anecdotally across the board. There are people that are like, I love balance. For your audience, these are the names of our different strains, uh, our blends. I love balance, but I don't enjoy flow. Or I love flow, but I don't enjoy expansive. I I personally don't jive with balance. But I'm so I love balance. Do and she loves balance. (laughs) Me too. Right. And and our descriptors for the blends are notes from the community. They're notes from the community. We have noticed a uh, a through line. Um, And then there's always outliers. So that's why we work. We experiment. That's why we have variety packs. That's why you know we give everything time because we're really getting to know the medicine. But through getting to know the medicine, we're really getting to know ourselves and how we work and what we need. So cool. Strains do matter. I feel like that's like strains that. matter. Strains strains matter. matter. We need a t-shirt. Yeah. And you know what? <laughs> We've figured so it many out. t-shirts we could make from this. So many. So many. Hello, plants, not people. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. Oh, so amazing. As we start to wrap up, is there anything else that feels very important to share about mycology psychology? Of course, we will share all the yeah. resources for people to check it out and learn more. I would love to share with people, if you're trying to source this medicine, please be careful who you source it from. There are a lot of scammers on Instagram and on TikTok. Sometimes you will get moldy mushrooms. Other times you will not get anything at all, which is really unpleasant when you are already trying to advocate for yourself and feel better to feel like somebody didn't send you something or if it's not good product, it's it's not a really great way to start this journey. We are not the only people uh, that are in integrity that offer this, but we know what our process is and we're here for you and we're here to offer safety and um, and support for you through this process. We have a lot of first-time people. So we are here to answer any question. There's no question that's too obvious, too small or too big. And that we set this up so that every single client has opportunity to have a complimentary consultation with a practitioner before they begin. So that piece feels very important because we do want to make sure people are operating from a very safe, a very uh, integrative, and a very connected way Mm -hmm. of embarking on this journey. And we want to know that people's hands are being held throughout the process. So that's also an important piece to bring into the conversation. And come to our community call. And we are going to have several offerings coming up 
uh, some through our practitioners, some through ourselves, but this community is here for you. And it's a really non-judgmental community and there's no forced participation. There's no like this, like, I got to join and smile the whole time. It's just come as you are. That's the way the mushrooms would want it. It is 222 here. So I know what I'm talking about. (laughs) We love 222. Yes. Love that. (laughs) Well, thank you, thank you ladies so much for sharing all of your wisdom. Thank you for having thank us. Thank you for having us. It was a mm-hmm. pleasure. It was awesome. I learned thank so you. much from you both. I still have more Aww. questions, but we are here. Next we'll time. do a part two. <laughs> a part yes, two. yes. Well, before yeah. we let you run, if you can leave our audience with just one final piece of advice, something they could start doing today to optimize their health. Uh, speak up. And listen. Listen. Boom. Boom. Did that you plan that? Did you plan that? Wow. <laughs> so clear, so quick, so powerful. Yeah. That's good. Amazing. That's really good. Yeah. <laughs> well, oh. thank you for all the work that you're doing. I I truly believe you are changing the world. And I'm gonna send my friend your way, either to Lauren or straight to you all. And and so many more people listening. I think this is just going to be so, so helpful for so many. Mm. So thank you. Thank, thank you, for, you. Thank you, Lauren. And thank you. Thank for you for being me. on our team. Yeah. Yeah. You're such, such a valuable addition. You're so awesome. Thank you. I, just I agree. She is awesome. Yeah, she is awesome. Yeah. And you're both awesome. Mm. This has been a lovely yeah. experience. What a power team of sisters. Oh, this is Good. our favorite thing. Just talking to really amazing people. Oh, yeah. What a beautiful life. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much for spending time with our audience and for sharing your time. So grateful. Thank you. We'll see you soon. See you later. (laughs) Thanks to everyone that tuned in today. We will see you next time. Love this episode of the Biohacker Babes podcast? Head over to Apple Podcasts to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. We truly appreciate your support. Until then, happy biohacking. This podcast offers health, fitness, and nutritional information and is designed for educational purposes only. You should not rely on this information as a substitute for, nor does it replace professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. If you have any concerns or questions about your health, you should always consult with a physician or other healthcare professional.